This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Sem condições a que te passei Just one night stand Avant tout bagaille te commencer One night stand This is One Night Stand Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand What up Night Nation? It's week four, and the 3-0 undefeated Knights head to the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas, to take on the Kansas State Wildcats in our first ever Big 12 conference game this weekend. On today's show, we recap the 48-14 whomping of Villanova, preview the aforementioned Kansas State game. I've never said aforementioned in my life. I have no idea where that came from <laughs> this weekend. Also take a look around the rest of college football, a little meanwhile to the West, and as always, Money Moves Picks, Moves Mailbag, and speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo UCF traveled back from Boise for a little home cooking with a tune-up game versus FCS opponent Villanova. And it didn't take long for Jordan McDonald to take the Wildcat snap and plow into the end zone from one yard out for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to Cooper Chamley for correctly guessing. You have won a $25 gift card to first watch. Don't forget to follow at UCF Problems on Twitter to enter. Timmy McLean looks sharp and the number one offense in college football continued to rack up points and yards, easily handling Villanova. Knights 48. Villanova, 14. The Hemi McLean game. 20 for 28, 321 yards passing. A little 3-2-1 blast off. Two touchdowns. Uh, the announcers said it multiple times, and I can't get this out of my head now. He looks like Michael Vick. Fast, shifty. He's got that quick release, left-handed, tight spiral. Um he looks really good, and I know it's you know just a tune-up game versus an FCS team, but besides one play in the beginning where he ran out of bounds and kind of put his head down, he protected himself, he protected the ball well, didn't see a ton of like errant throws, and um, I don't know, man. I, I go back to what I said last weekend. I really think his ceiling is much higher than JRP, and everything I watched versus Villanova seems to kind of agree with that so far. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought Timmy or Himmy – uh, looked good. I thought they called a good game for him. He had some easy throws in the beginning, but he also took some deep shots. And I don't want to say surprisingly, but much to uh, my liking, they they connected. You know, Kobe Hudson, who I think has fire, dude. My offensive player, of the sort year of, pick. yeah, not <laughs> sort of a uh, climb in the ranks here from instead of the number two guy to maybe the one a if not or the one b if not one a uh wide receiver of this team you know he's had back-to-back games of over 130 yards guy's a stud but anyway a lot of uh weapons for timmy mclean here just wanted to go over a couple things with him you know i thought the accuracy was pretty good i thought the decision making was great not many errant throws. He, you know, he threw the ball away a couple times. I, I really no like picks. That. Yeah. No picks, which is good. Uh, even against an FCS opponent, he did have like one kind of fumbled snap, but I think it was a bad snap. But anyway, he didn't try to do too much with it. Fell right on it, and um, 
Yeah, I thought his running ability was awesome. It was just overall exactly what you wanted to see out of this game. It's exactly kind of what I expected when we were talking last week. I'm like, I know Villanova's 2-0. and Just, I don't have power ranks. Well, actually, I do. I'm starting to do a top 25 poll for some blog or something. We can get to that later in the show. But just kind of like mental eye test or whatever. I'm like, All right, Villanova can't be that much better than Kent State. So that Bovada line comes out Saturday morning, minus 26. And I'm like, there's no freaking way we don't beat this team by like five touchdowns or more. And I was right. And I know, you know, you didn't have an official pick. I know I was wrong last week against Boise, but this one was like one of the ones that felt free and really was. I mean, it was 41 to nothing. And then they, you know, gave up a couple garbage time kind of touchdowns when the game got out of hand. But, you know, it's exactly what we wanted and expected. And, and that's really good because we're going to be tested, you know, this, this weekend versus Kansas State. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, what do you think on, on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I thought defense looked really good. Um, this team had scored 30-plus points in both of their previous games, so I figured, you know, they'd at least score some on us other, other than garbage time. But overall, I think we did great. Tremont Morris Brash had a good game. Uh, Seliscar had a good game. Lee Hunter had a good game, although he did have a kind of funny play that I know you saw. <laughs> did you see? <laughs> there was like a big dog pile on, I, I think it was a run play. It was a big dog pile, and Lee Hunter just comes out of nowhere and does a swan dive on yeah, the, top be, of the, the belly flop. Pile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got a flag for it. That's what I Can't thought. Can't be doing yeah. that, man, but I did laugh. Yeah, whatever. Um, get the get those then, dumb things out of you know out during the Villanova games, you know. Yeah, and then a very nice athletic interception by uh, Nikkei Martinez. Nikai, or sorry, <laughs> by Nikai Martinez, who's coming into his own uh, on the defense. There, sophomore, my pick for under the radar guy last year, and uh, I I think the guys cemented himself as a as a starter in this in this defense definitely and not just an athletic pick but I mean to make that catch and then be able to uh land and like run and take it back almost all the way to the house it was a really really good play um another guy that really stood out was uh freshman John Walker you know the hometown hero the hometown hero uh, from Osceola High School out of Kissimmee, the highest-rated D-tackle in Florida and I think number 10 in the nation. You know, he was our biggest recruit in this class, and he had two really big tackles for loss, and he was just disrupting the line of scrimmage every play he was in on. And uh, he's actually rated by Pro Football Focus as um, one of the top two D-tackles out of all of FBS last weekend. So really good kind of coming-out party for him, but... Just an all-around great game on, you know, every aspect. Boomer, another couple field goals. Um, Townsend had that awesome punt return, which was taken back uh, by a penalty, but still good to see him, you know, balling out there. Uh, how excited were you when, when you saw him taking that back? Uh, he was at, like, the 40-yard line, and I was trying to think in my head when the last time we had a punt or kickoff return for a touchdown. <laughs> it's been a while, man. Been a long time. He was really uh, bobbing and weaving, too. Unbelievable. Also my team MVP. Hey Gotta put that in every play now that he makes. So you you did mention Boomer though, two for two, 
keeping him perfect on the season. Now one of only 21 kickers in the country with at least three field goals that are perfect on the year. So we'll be keeping tabs on that. Uh, for him, there's only one. Right now he ranks as the second best kicker um, in the country. Six of six. There's only one guy uh, that goes to Stanford that's seven for seven. So Boomer up there, one of the top kickers in the country. It's great to have uh, on our team. So UCF kicker you. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, you mentioned earlier the number one offense in the country with by total yards. Also, the number one rushing offense in the country that's not a triple option because uh, Air Force is number one, including that. But we are number two behind them. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so, our, our usual uh, kind of medley of running backs, R.J. Harvey, two touchdowns. McDonald, two touchdowns, although his average was low. And then Johnny Richardson, you know, 10 carries, 51 yards. So, another 250 yards rushing, uh, five-yard average pretty much. And uh, it, it just, you know, what I like is the consistency from week to week with this team. It's not like we rush well, you know, versus Kent State and then can't run the ball versus Boise. And then, you know what I'm saying? I, I like, it feels like we're kind of playing the same game every week. And, you know, you take out those couple drops versus Boise. And I, I think, you know, we're, the fan base would be a lot more confident Um about the team, you know, it, besides obviously JRP, but I th- I think Timmy's fine. What do you think? I think so too. I think Timmy's fine, but uh, I did have a question. What do you think about? And the announcers brought this up in the Boise game as well. This wildcat with Jordan McDonald. Now I I think it's pretty effective, but at the same time, on some of these goal line or fourth and one. Uh, situations and the announcers alluded to this as well as is that the best idea to be taking you know your best player which was jrp and now timmy off of the field to bring in freshman or a sophomore jordan mcdonald no it's dumb because i feel like 90 percent of the time we're going to be running that ball i'm sure we have like some you know jump passes and like some you know Gus has a bunch of tricks up his sleeve off of this, but for the most part, that ball's running straight forward, and we're giving it away. When you've got an awesome dual-threat quarterback, the linebackers have to kind of stay on their, you know, you have to keep contain or guard whoever you're responsible for, make sure it's not a play action. And I, you kind of take that away, and yeah, maybe we'll get them creeping up on their toes and some kind of fake and like a McDonald pop pass or, or whatever, but... Our offense moves the ball so well. Why would we change it when we get to the goal line? And if you look at, I mean, McDonald's been good, but last game wasn't that impressive. He got stuffed a couple times. He had 12 rushes for only 40 yards. Um, He did get the two touchdowns, but I agree. It's just like, why are we changing something that we're consistently moving the ball and pressing the line of scrimmage forward? Why are we changing that when we get close to the goal line? But I don't know. I'm not a football player. To me, it seems like it's no different than last year. It's just, you know, what I said, it's, it's the, uh, you know, gussing it up. Yeah. Remember I, I coined that phrase last year. It's like, didn't catch on, but we'll try and, we'll try and, I I don't want it. I don't want to catch on. (laughs) No, you don't. But at the same time, at least we could call it what it is. But the, uh, it just seems like this, these times where, 
something so simple like R.J. Harvey run. R.J. Harvey doesn't get stopped for no gain. And he doesn't get stopped by the first uh, defender to, that he gets touched by either. Yeah. Or we could try the little Jalen Hurts push play something. I don't know. The The first time McDonald took it, it, it seemed like it was unstoppable. But then... Well, yeah. And then they're like, oh, this is on film. He's probably going to run it up the middle. He's a big guy, too. You know, if he gets contact, it's not like he can slip through a couple blocks. Like, guy's huge. Right. I don't know. But, you well, know. I guess it's better than running. Hypo would run Richardson up the middle. <laughs> Craig, <laughs> the oh, Adrian Killens for no gain. <laughs> we, we laugh, but how many times did that happen? Fourth and one, run uh, McCray on like a delay up the middle. <laughs> So you the can good, shoot the, the, and the good, the good old the good old shotgun. So <laughs> we put the we start by putting the ball in the smallest running back's hands five yards behind the line of scrimmage to try and gain one. Uh, but again, what do we know? Uh, all right. Made no sense. But anyway, it's probably not gonna have to figure out uh, what to do this week because Kansas State right now third best run defense in the country. So they are kind of banged up from last week against Missouri. Their number one linebacker, uh, I think, is going to be out, and they have a couple other defensive injuries. They have a lot of injuries, actually. Yeah, quarterback's Um, questionable, I think, right? Quarterback Will Howard's questionable. Uh, Former Florida State running back Treshawn Ward, questionable. So I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah. Treshawn or Treshawn? I don't know. It's like... Trey Kwan, but me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're, so we'll see. they're banged up, man. And, uh, you know, heartbreaking loss to Mizzou. Uh, I don't know. All, all I saw, because I forget what I was watching. It wasn't that game. But I just kept seeing, so I'm following a bunch of K-State people on Twitter, and I just kept seeing, like, doomsday tweets. And then all of a sudden, ESPN cuts over to the game-winning field goal at uh, Mizzou. And I'm like, oh, great. There goes our, like, top 12 matchup or whatever. Um but I don't know. This yeah. is it, man. First first game in the Big 12. This is crazy. I think it's going to be close. This is – the line was seven. I For whatever reason, it's down to like five. Oh, shit. At, hit the at money some line places. It's four and a half. Yeah. What? Um, not going the right direction. No, uh, we need if, like nine, ten. Yeah. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at UCF. I do the weekly betting lines, projected betting lines, based off my power ranks every week. So I give you guys a look-ahead line at every game for the rest of the year. I tweet this out uh, usually Sunday morning. So anyway, I had this game at plus six for UCF, so at a plus five, not really much value. It's actually one point the other way, so... A very, very, very small lean um, in the opposite direction. But, of course, you'd never do that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, the line, it, it's basically where it should be anyway. Uh, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a one-score game. Um, but, you know, nights on the road, little cardiac nights action I at mean, the end it there. Would, it would, I don't know. You know, it, it would fit the theme of the season so far. Uh, we'll just have to see. I'm trying to look up and see what the uh, trying to see what the money line is right now. Uh, I don't. 
plus 170. So And what is it? Four and a half or five? Four and a half. Over under 52. Uh, hmm. I'm thinking under and a little money line. I put two grand on us, minus 26. Freest bet ever. So I like the under in this. Maybe thousand money line. I, I can't bet the under in person. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible it's the worst <laughs> especially if your team's losing because it's like <laughs> it's like a score but like not a lot <laughs> uh, maybe you could do kansas state points hmm. oh yeah that could no. be cor- correlated no, no 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 kansas state points under not team the- points under oh oh yeah like bet like ucf yeah, yeah. money line and then so you can yeah. still root for the under well, and- same game parlay yeah i like that hmm. I like that. We're on to something there. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, betting stuff in a little bit, though, with uh, Money Moose Picks. But a bunch of interesting games around the rest of college football this weekend on a slate that I don't think there were like any ranked matchups, but a bunch of them were kind of competitive or interesting. Um, start off with a little meanwhile to the West, the big Alabama game visiting USF at Raymond James Stadium. Did you catch any of that game at all? Yeah, I watched bits and pieces up until the middle of the third. Um, yeah, big rain yeah, delay in between, so I, too. And then, obviously, that's when the UCF game started. I think this is more of Alabama is... Bad? Bad. They're really bad, dude. And you mentioned this the other day. They're like, you notice how Bama sucks since NIL started. Dude, it's true. <laughs> it's I mean, like the cat's out of the bag now. It could be a coincidence, but I really they think that... They have no N- advantage, yeah. I really think NIL has kind of leveled stuff out, out a little bit uh, among you know the, the bigger college football programs. It just doesn't... I don't know, but it could just be a down year and they could dominate next year. And it would just be a little blip on the radar. But it's just crazy to me. That USF was, the game was within reach until the very last minute when they scored that touchdown to make it seventeen to three. Like one fumble or mishap or anything, USF Could takes turn it. the whole program around. It, it's crazy. Um, it reminds us kind of of our Texas game. Like we were kind of in it. Although we actually played good in that game. USF, I mean, they'd like make two good plays and then like three or four bad plays, but that's just kind of their program. Two steps forward and like eight steps backward, yeah. but and they'll probably get blown out by rice. Yeah. So did you see on uh Twitter, they got the, the beat rice hashtag, which is also Beatrice. Uh, I, <laughs> dude, just USF, winning with social media, USF and hashtags. Uh, you could put cook rice. You could put, uh, eat rice. You know, just take the B off, but nope, they made uh, Beatrice. Maybe they did it on purpose to go viral, but it's it's not going to go viral anywhere besides UCF Twitter. Uh, but hey, congrats on that AAU designation. Uh, guess what? No one gives a shit about academics after they graduate, but congrats. Um, all right. Also, uh, rest of college football, Miami losing to Cincinnati of Ohio. One day after they claimed to have invented night games. Oh, Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio. Wait, wait what did I just say? <laughs> you said, you said Miami lost to Cincinnati of Ohio. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. All right, Cincinnati loses to Miami of Ohio. One day after Cincinnati claims to have invented night games, um, they put out this whole 
like Netflix looking video about how they like played football at night once in like the 1800s and then they lose to a Mac team in overtime at a night game. Thought that was pretty funny. Not good for the conference though. A bunch of weird losses for uh, Big 12 teams this weekend. Yeah, Houston's sucking, but that was good because that was my TCU bet. bet. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Kansas Oklahoma State, State? Not, uh, getting trounced by South Alabama. I think it was North Alabama. Terrible. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was South. And Iowa State, terrible. Dude, the We Suck Bowl is this weekend. Oklahoma State, <laughs> Iowa State. <laughs> the over-under is like 30. Dude, we got to hammer the over on that. No one can score. Sloppy. Who would want to watch that? I don't know. That's one of those ones where you just bet it and then, like, you know, turn on Netflix or something and just check in later. Uh, anyway. Um, and then I guess the last game I want to talk about before we get to picks. Um, did you watch that Colorado game? I think it started, like, an hour past your bedtime, but did you catch any of it? I didn't watch a single snap. <laughs> Dude, so I had the under, and it was – um. 28-17 with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Over under 63. 28-17 is 45 points. So I had an 18-point buffer. And, of course, Colorado scores. Or, no, they kick a field goal to go down eight. And they score at the very end. Get the two-point conversion. Tie it up at 28. That makes 56. One touchdown in overtime. And another score hits the over. It was the right bet, but it didn't win. But that's uh, college for you. But... Just a crazy That's every ri- one of my losses. Crazy rivalry game for Colorado. Uh, I think they kind of showed their true colors. Although you know, rivalry game, anything can happen, as we know about uh, by almost losing to USF three times when we were like monumentally better than them. But uh, storming the field as a t- we've never stormed the field as a twenty-four point favorite. We've never stormed the field like barely winning. All I say is facts. <laughs> I mean that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, so the only way we can storm the field is we have to all go down to the tunnels and like just break through the security guards at once. Like we can't jump down. Everyone's gonna break their ankles. <laughs> that would be the only way it, to do it's it. It's very high. I, I mean, don't even I, really think it's I that. could do it. I'm an athlete, but you know, I'm just, you know, looking out for the average Joe. I don't even think it's that like crazy of a thing to do. It it would have to be like I don't know. Cause I mean a top five it would be team. easiest. It would be technically easiest for me to do it because my where I enter my seats is the same. It's the same tunnel where tunnel, like yeah. the band walks through. It's kind of cool because sometimes like when we're leaving, the refs Come are out there, like yeah. get out. Did they get in this weird like ambulance thing? And just like <laughs> zoom out of the stadium. Yeah, like the pick the, like the mini pickup truck thing. Yeah, so yeah. it would kind of be easiest for me to like go through there and just. And if everyone lined up and did it, like if it was like a historic top five win and just everyone, like the game wasn't close, so everyone could leave their seats, line up down yeah. there and just go, we could actually do it. But that's that's the only way it would work. And that's how I rushed the field after the uh, the DJ Mac 2018 championship. The guy was like, it would che- have to be like passes. A, I just like held my. It would have up. to be like a drubbing of. Dylan Gabriel's Oklahoma super senior next year, even though they're not in our. It would have to be or, b- bigger than that, dude. Like an end of season game against like a top four team when we're on like the fringe of playoff, I, or a year when we really suck and just happen to beat like a top ten team. But 
I don't Gators know. Gators in 2026, and we're both top 10. That would be worth it. I'd go back to jail for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, we're going to be like 40 then. Anything's no, no. possible. We'll be 37. That's like the same as 35. Um, that was fun to think about. Nice little, uh, uh, I don't know. We went on a little tangent there. Daydream. Yeah, daydream. It'll happen. Dude, it'll happen one day. I guarantee you, like, in the next 30 years, we'll rush the bounce house. Oh, also, how can we not talk about the Boston College oh, yeah, Florida duh. State game? It's Watch the whole game. You know, I follow Florida State just because I like to, you know, see what all the, all the Florida teams are doing. Yeah, me too. Um, and, my Lord, Tommy Castellanos, man. You Baller. had to have been rooting for this guy. Um. I thought O'Keefe O'Keefe played a good game. They really don't use him as much as they probably should. Uh, Tommy's just a, a a baller, man. Like this kid, he's you saw him like he put energy into into that stadium, which there hasn't really been anybody to you know light up BC in a in a while. No, not at um, all. And not you know the nine eleven the Wells uh, Crowther game, and yeah, dude, he played his heart out, man. It was a good game. It was a good game. I, I you know, they beat them. They Florida beat themselves State, too. Yeah, and Florida State. I don't know. Are they that good? Trash. Not. It looked like you know people were saying they were the best looking team in the country. Was this just a speed bump? No. Like, are they? They got Clemson this week. LSU is overrated. That's what it comes down to. I dropped. Well, we'll see. I mean, I dropped a seven in my uh, my rankings, which I need a name for. Uh, anyway, um, oh, and then one other game, um, shit, Florida, Tennessee. Oh yeah, Florida, dude, Josh Heupel doing his classic, like really good year one, better kind of really good year two. And then year three when like all his, uh, all the players that the coach before him recruited are gone, just kind of. You know, going back to mediocre. Tennessee fan, dude, one loss, and they're already, like, losing their crap on social media. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It, it's kind of crazy that, like, this should have been a best bet for me on the Gators because if you think about it, like, the Gators, it, all the Gator fans had no hope whatsoever. Nope. And I tried to tell them, like, there's a reason the line was only minus six and a half Tennessee. Like, it just doesn't. It, it didn't make any sense, so it should have made sense, if yep. that makes any sense. Totally. Or something. <laughs> no, it's one... It, <laughs> to dude, me, it, you know? I get it. Kind of. <laughs> well, it, it just had, you know, people don't understand the hype is a choke artist. And the, the significance of the game to the Gators. This was an absolute must-win for Billy Napier and the Gators. Like, they lose this game... Everyone's calling for his head. He's going to lose all of his recruits for this next recruiting cycle, and he's got a really, really good class. They had to win this game. Like People's yeah. expectations aren't that high, but you got to beat your rival who's mediocre in a home game. This was a really – it was a must, must win for them. Josh Heupel's got a little, a, you know, quite a bit longer leash, I think, at Tennessee for what he's accomplished over the last two years, but – you're right. I mean that you know it's one of those bets you look back and it was like yeah that was, that was a no brainer. 
and you know, don't look now, but they're kind of on the up and up. Like, okay, <laughs> they lost to Utah, but meaningless. Utah's really freaking good, especially at home. Now they got a week to play Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. the little midseason tune-up. Um, all right, let's move on since we're talking about gambling already uh, to our favorite segment, Money Moves Picks of the Week. Picks last week, the very typical one and one. We won big time with TCU over Houston. Lost with Western Kentucky. I I gotta tell you the Western Kentucky it's close in the beginning. It was fourteen seven, like that was a, that was close a, to half. We we had him in the first half meme, like classic. <laughs> <laughs> we did plus twenty eight, and I was up seven, like at thirty five points of cushion, and then all of a sudden it was just like boom, 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 boom. Every time I blink, freaking Ohio State scored. So yeah, kind of just got out of hand, but that's gambling for Whatever. you. Uh, you know, the nickname I don't want is starting to catch on, but mediocre moo because Ouch. I moved to three and three on the year. So anyway, we're going to try to go back to the win column here. Two more games this week, and we're going out west for both. Nothing in, really intrigued me in any of the top 25 big matchups, but um, one that I did see just talked about, Utah. I'm going to take the Utes, Utah, minus five against UCLA. Look, Utah's defense, super strong. Um, they're also at home. I I don't know why, but I, I just like Utah. Um, I like the, their playing style, their, their atmosphere at home, their defense. And UCLA always seems to like crack into the top 25 by like playing a bunch of scrubs and then they never do anything. <laughs> So anyway, Utah minus five. Muta. Take that one. Muta, his favorite favorite uh, Pac-12 team of the year. All right, and what's your other pick? Second pick, we're going with defeated by UCF. Boise State minus seven at San Diego State. Big rivalry game here, but Taylor Green is back and healthy. The offense. Actually, he was pretty good with him. I mean, he was a good quarterback, that stupid running back. I, I say stupid but because we couldn't stop him. Yeah. Um, he was really good. So, yeah, both of them, San Diego State, kind of a down year. This is a later game, uh, so I probably don't watch it. But I'll take Boise State minus seven. All right. So let's recap the picks real quick. Utah minus five against UCLA and Boise State minus seven at San Diego State. Let's get, get that, that money. money. All right. Very good. Four out of five. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Or nine I out of ten. I want to add a couple picks or I want to ask you about something. Um, okay. Colorado away. plus 21 at Oregon. Are they just begging people to take Colorado because they think Oregon's going to win by 40? Because you know everyone's betting Colorado, and that's a big hmm. line. What, what are your thoughts on that line, if you have any? Uh, like, I, I when can I, look. When I first saw it, I just I wrote it down. I'm like, Colorado plus the points. And then I'm like, wait a sec. That's what everyone in the world is thinking right now, seeing three touchdowns for Colorado, especially how they were double-digit underdogs week one to TCU and one outright. So Where's the game at? It's in at Oregon. Oregon. I got 24 and a half. 
It's 21, Colorado 21. It opened at 18 and moved to 21. So I think they're they're begging we'll people to 18. take Colorado. Yeah. 18, I would have been all on Oregon. Yeah. And like I said, it should be 24 and a half. So 21, slight lean I'll Oregon. Probably, I'll probably stay away from that. But um, it's fun to just talk about kind of, you know, the strategies with odds makers. But also, I might just throw like 50 bucks on Colorado Moneyline. Just, you know. Just for fun. Uh, betting a 21-point spread kind of sucks. Um, yeah. One other game well, I... Oh. You know the reason, too, being is that when you only win, like, what they win by? Six? Seven? I mean, last week? it's a double overtime win is what it is. And you're, yeah, Colorado against State. a... When you're favored by 24, that that doesn't fare well in the for you in the power ranks. That's yeah. why they're not getting any love. Exactly. And then one other game that stands out to me... Um, I really like Duke minus 21 and a half uh, versus UConn. UConn sucks. They're 0-3. Duke, one of the best teams in the ACC. So Yeah, beat Clemson. Uh, their quarterback, I can't remember his name. Drake May? Riley Green. Oh, no, Drake May is UNC. Uh, did Drake I get the May's basketball USC. schools Riley Green, up. pretty sure, yeah. I don't have my book in front of me, but pretty sure Riley Green, uh, he's supposed to be like top two or three with Drake May of quarterbacks coming out. So, yeah. And then um, one other one. I like that pick. FSU, and this isn't a pick. I'm just curious your thoughts. FSU minus two and a half on the road versus Clemson. You think they bounce back after that close road win at Boston College? And does Clemson bounce back after, you know, obviously big upset versus Duke week one? I could see anything happening in this game. Nothing would surprise me. Should be like Florida State minus four. I, I think, I don't know. I think FSU might just beat them by like three touchdowns because I think Clemson's a pretender, but it's just so early in the season, especially when no one's playing within their conference. But, you know, these next few weeks will really start to get a better picture of who's a contender, who's a pretender, you know? Is Oklahoma serious or were they just putting up uh, big box scores on inferior opponents? So, Is it uh, separation Saturday? Is it? Hmm? Are we going to be ranked or at least receive votes if we win? We got to be ranked if we win. I mean, why did I mean we are State underdogs, lose? so I feel like anytime an underdog beats like a ranked team or you know they were a ranked team, <laughs> dude. I don't know. So they're number three in receiving votes in the AP, and I'm sure you saw. I replied to Brett McMurphy's tweet. He went through like the list. There's like eight ranked matchups or matchups between ranked teams um, this Saturday, and I replied under and I said UCF at Minus or uh, UCF at number twenty eight Kent State and like dude so Gator Twitter got a hold of it and just went crazy. I'm like guys, I'm not actually like <laughs> campaigning that we're number twenty eight. Like it's a freaking joke and uh, they went crazy and uh, dude, I've been on Twitter so much these last few weeks. Um, I feel rejuvenated, talking mad trash and uh, it's just fun. It, it's just fun to be. Uh, Back with the football season where literally anything can happen, you know? Big 12 championship, not that crazy. All right. Will I have to reschedule the vacation? Just take a vacation to Fort Worth. Yeah, I'm sure my wife would love that. Fort Worth. It's a, I don't know, big airport and uh, Jerry's World. I don't know. All right. We'll see. Yeah. It's a long way ahead of us. I mean, dude, if we make that game, though, like, 
What do you? What's the significance if we make the Big Twelve championship game without knowing the outcome? I would say it's equivalent to a like a NY six bowl. What do you think? Oh yeah, I think so too. Has to be. Yeah. I mean, in the first year, especially it being a Jerry's world, and like I can't say more it's... than likely is going to be against Texas or Oklahoma. And if we beat Oklahoma, it's probably going to be against Texas if we make it. Um, it's tough to compare because it's like the Peach Bowl was so significant for what it did for us at the time, and I think this would be kind of equal, but in in a way different way, obviously. Like this is that was proven we could play with the big boys. Then this is like all right. We're proving that we're equal to the big boys and deserve to be here, I guess. It's not just a one-off, I think. Oh, man, dude. <laughs> you, you know what Let's else is go. funny, too, is that we might actually have one of those quality losses. Like, think about it. What if we lost Oklahoma? And that's it. In the regular season, and then we ended up in the Big 12 title game and then beat, I don't know, Texas, either like, Oklahoma or Texas. And it's like, bada-bing, we're in. One loss in. Playoff. It's so nice having the AP poll come out and it's like, oh, receiving votes or not receiving votes. Eh. It sucks. Do I want to be ranked? Yeah. Does it matter? Absolutely not. I, we used to like live or die by that stupid ranking every week and it's going to be the same with the, the playoff. But at the end of the day, yeah, it was balls the in our only court. thing we had. I know. It's like, oh, well, number 17. Oh, you've only won 21 games in a row. Um, just win, baby. Just win, baby. Like, uh, JLR used to say, James Reed, rest in peace, brother. Um, all right, last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer everyone's questions. As always, thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend. Uh, really appreciate you. All right, Moo. First up, we got Dr. Drew. New Big 12 schools in 2024 from the Pac-12. Which two would you want to play at home versus away next season? Great question. I love so the, I love the, the future four, the future schedule questions are my favorite. Go ahead. So we got Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. I mean, it's got to be. Oh, we definitely want Arizona State on the road because that's like UCF West, and we definitely want Colorado at home. Or do we? That'd be a cool place no. to go. Actually, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. Colorado away because the whole Denver area easy to fly to. Boulder, I've been to really cool spot. Um, yeah, Colorado away, and then Arizona State too. We don't want Utah away. No, no. <laughs> that I might would just be come like back a Mormon. Loss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never been to Utah, but uh, yeah. No, I, w- I want to visit there, but I think this is more of like, what are the best places to go to? And it's going to be Colorado, obviously, and. uh in Arizona, Arizona State. State, yeah. All right, cool. God, we're on the uh, we're on the same page with that. All right, next one from Brian Wild Bill Peterson. Do you expect to see more design runs with Timmy this week? Parentheses didn't need them against Villanova, or do we try to protect him so we don't lose another quarterback? Good question. I think we're gonna have to pull out all the stops to win. I mean, we're not expected to win via the line being you know, plus four and a half, plus five. So we're going to have to do everything uh, we can, pull out all the tricks. Um, you know, it's going to be a good game, and I think we're going to have to need Timmy to run for at least 50, 60 yards. Um, 
he's going to have to complete 60-70% of his passes. You know, we're going to have to com- uh we're going to have to convert some fourth down plays. I mean, this is this is on the road as an underdog first Big 12 game. You know, it's going to be crazy. We definitely man. have it's going to be crazy. We absolutely have a g- good chance of winning this game, but we're going to have to execute. Yeah, 100%. I you know, design runs um I think, you know, three or four in like key moments. I don't want to be dependent on that because we've got so many good running backs and again, we cannot afford to lose him. And he can throw. And he can throw. Like we and the thing is is the less you do the design runs, the more effective they are because they're not ready for him. And so I think, you know, just in a couple key spots do those and then I'm sure we'll have like a couple of nice scrambles too, um, you know, and like broken plays or whatever. But I agree with you. We we got to protect him, and uh, I'm sure he's been coached up a million times to slide and don't take. Dude, did you see that hit that I was talking about in the beginning of the show? The first drive, he was like on the sideline. The guy had him wrapped up around his legs, and then instead of kind of just going out, he went into the defender with his legs wrapped up, and the defender hit his head, and he like bent backwards. No, I didn't see that. Oh. Yeah, it, dude, it. it did not look – I didn't think he was hurt, but I was like, that's a play where he could have got hurt. And, and then he was good for the rest of the game. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a overprotective parent or something about the quarterbacks because I was on JRP in the beginning of the season. But, I mean, our season's over if he gets hurt. So, uh, good question. I don't know. Dylan Risk came in there, and he's got a cannon too. I, I Yeah, I'm not going – We've had this conversation. <laughs> I can't do it again. <laughs> I mean, it happens with any yeah, run, no, any running quarterback. It, it's going to be a possibility of injury. I mean, it's a contact sport, that collision sport, whatever. And it could happen it, you anyway know? in the pocket. You know, guy gets rolled up on from behind. But we try and limit, exactly. limit the risk exposure is the name of the game here. All right, next question is from Casey Stewart. Who's the better DJ, Pauly D or Shaq? Hmm. Great question. Um, just based off vibes, I got to go Shaq, but haven't heard either of them DJ. Uh, I'd imagine they're kind of just like pre-recorded sets, which is not a bad thing, honestly, because there's nothing worse than listening to a bad DJ trying to mix stuff together that just is off rhythm. But I'm going to throw this one to you um, as someone who, you know, has witnessed the Poly D concert in person. Uh, what, what do you think? Cabs are here. Uh, no, just wanted to get a little background on this. It was announced earlier, uh, last week, DJ Pauly D as the pregame quote unquote concert or whatever you call a DJ playing music, uh, pre, uh, pregame for the Baylor, uh, game, which will be cool in the Iowa Plaza. I feel like it can bring some, some fun energy, uh, to the crowd there before we go into the game. And then just this week announced that uh, Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal, Orlando's favorite icon, uh, will be doing a guest DJ set in Iowa Plaza before the West Virginia game at homecoming. So really cool Shaq. You know he's like the king of Orlando or was. Um, You know he's probably going to be on the sidelines after the game too, or maybe even show up like downtown library UCF bar. Never know, dude. I mean, it's hard to miss. 
and yeah. him and Taco like have a dunk off or something. Hey yo, <laughs> Taco's in China. Oh, okay. But uh, well, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I I've I've seen Pauly D in in I guess concert. I don't know what you'd say. Call show. It, I've seen Pauly D's show. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I mean, as long as you're drinking and having a good time, I'm sure both is gonna are gonna be fun. Especially Shaq, dude. I mean, who doesn't love Shaq? Dude, he's so funny. <laughs> All right. Next one's from Chipperoo. What are your thoughts on adding capacity to the bounce house? So I know we've went back and forth on this, and there's been some, you know, artist renderings on things that we're going to be doing to the bounce house. I, I think me and you are similar on the similar page to this, to where we have to have like multiple seasons of consecutive sellouts uh, in order to kind of think about doing this. I think that, you know, we're in the right spot, uh, right now we're doing all the right things. I think, you know, the planning process takes a while and, you know, we got to strike when the iron's hot. We're, we just started this kind of big 12 journey, if you want to call it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I've been pleasantly surprised by both, uh, crowds, even though the opponents have been, less than stellar Kent state and Villanova yep. um, looked very good on TV. I'm not gonna lie. Like for, for those two opponents in previous yep. seasons, we would not have gotten that many people. Now those upper corners would have been just completely empty. I agree. I mean, you know, obviously we're going to sell out the entire season. There's a lot of hype though. First, first year in the big 12, the team started off undefeated. What happens if, Gus retires and we get some hot up and coming coordinator, you know, it's supposed to be the next Scott Frost and he's actually the next Jeff Scott. We're freaking like really bad for a couple seasons. What's the stadium attendance like then? And that's kind of going to kind of show me if it's worth it to kind of expand the stadium because there's going to be down years eventually. And like what we don't want to do is like increase the capacity by 10,000 and then not be able to fill it up. You know, right now everything's fine and dandy and we could fill we could fill, you know, fifty five thousand probably. Uh I don't know if the support would be and I, I'm not saying I want or there's you know, definitely gonna be down years, but you just don't wanna do it until you're sure that you can pretty much fill it up, um, unless like, you know, you're in like a ten year drought or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and a lot of it's about supply and demand too, like you know, I follow ticket prices a lot uh, with this team and also like other college teams too. Our our games are still very, very relatively inexpensive compared to other college, uh, you know, yeah. other uh, established co- uh, college football games. And I think that, you know, adding capacity, you're adding, uh, you know, supply with pretty much the same demand um that's been there this year so i really don't think it's a good idea now but i think you know it doesn't really hurt to plan and have something ready to go which is what i think they're they're kind of doing right now so yep i I think we're on the same page with that and you know i hate to get into like all the negative stuff but it's just it's like you know after 2017 people kind of had similar questions and then look ahead, we lose a couple games in 2019 and, you know, like no one's there for Temple or I, I'm probably mixing the games up, but you know what I'm saying? Like 
it's easy to, to, to think about this stuff when the team's winning. But, uh, all right, I think this is the last one from Nightfan Adam. If you could flip UCF's home and away opponents, would you? Oh, absolutely, I would. I feel like we got uh, we got all the hard games away and all the easy games at home, you know? So we'd have Kansas, Kansas at home, Kansas State at home, Oklahoma at home. Texas Tech. Yeah. So, I mean, those are, besides Kansas, you know, those yeah. are all going to be rowdy. But, uh, but <laughs> stadiums us going to Kansas State this weekend, and that's a bigger win than if we had beat them at home. And all of a sudden, Oklahoma's starting to get a little nervous over there. And we go in there and win, and that's a freaking signature win. So, would it be a little easier at home? Yes. But I think this is the best possible schedule for us to get kind of the most credit for these wins if slash when they happen man just gonna so three four five six if us in oklahoma are six and oh that's game day game day well it's probably big noon Sock kickoff day. Is what it, it's probably big noon kickoff is what it is yeah which i'm not gonna lie again another week where pretty good i found myself watching Big noon kickoff, game, even though the game, game day was Illinois Penn week. State, yeah, wasn't that that impressive. I just I like the show. Game day they, was good though. They had like Lil Wayne and Dion and what Colorado is just insane right now. They've got like every celebrity. Uh, their recruiting class is going to be nuts, but it's yeah. cool to watch, man. I I like you know when things get shaken up. You know, it's just different than it always has been. Uh, Thank God that USF didn't hire him. And I think for sure, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, if USF didn't really just like go from a dominant team in the American for a few years to like one of the worst, they were just mediocre. I think they would have ended up in the Big 12. I think if they were in a power conference, Dion goes there and not Colorado. Oh, 100%. I think it's a way more attractive job. And oh my God, that is my worst nightmare. <laughs> like, well, it didn't happen. Thank God. Still could happen. Dude, they I would be so good. They would, they, would have, they would have beat Bama last week. You think he's holding out for Norvell to leave? Or, like, is he on good terms with Florida State or no? Uh, he kind of threw some shade at, at them. Uh, in one of the preseason press conferences at Colorado, someone asked him about his alma mater. And he's like, you know, he, he said his alma mater was HBCU, which is where he got his diploma from but he kind of like sidestepped it, they were trying to like bait him into saying FSU and he kind of just went around it but he was a little mad that they didn't I think offer him the job a few years ago but he also didn't have any head coaching experience so I don't know you know you got to remember Dion does e like everything he says and does has a purpose to it and you know, maybe he was throwing a little shade. I, I, I don't know. But I do think, and Elite was talking about this on Twitter yesterday, um, I think he ends up in Florida because just he would be able to get every single top recruit in the entire state and get them to stay close to home and build an absolute monster at whatever school he's at. So kind of rooting for the Gators to be good the next few years because I think Dion's going to stay at Colorado for – you know, for, um, you know, his son, uh, the quarterback and Travis Hunter, like they can't, rec or they can't transfer again without penalty 
So he's going to stay there for these guys that he kind of brought with from Jackson State to graduate. And then I think the recruits he's gotten over those years from Colorado, he's going to go to his next job and be able to bring all those guys. Does that make sense? You follow me? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, what's his end goal, though? Like maximum money? I think... I don't know, man. He could Fame. St- he could stay at Colorado. I mean, it's a national championship, but I think he's just limited at Colorado. Like, I think he's going to do very, very well, but not as well as he could do as if he was in one of the biggest football states. You got Texas, Florida, and California. He's from Florida. It just kind of seems like that's that would make the most sense long term. But who knows, man? Who knows? Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Oh, if we could flip the home and away opponents. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that it? Any more questions? No, I think that's it. Cool. All right, let's wrap up. Uh, thank you guys for listening, for all the questions. As always, um, see you guys at the game Saturday uh, in Manhattan, not New York. Moo, any any life updates? How's uh, Lil Emily? She's doing great. Still working on the Go Knights chant. All right. But, um, almost two, right? Almost two. But, you know, when I when, when she can't say touchdown, but she can say all right. All right. So I usually say Go Knights, and she goes, all right. There we go. <laughs> there we go. You can get the little hand motion thing down, and we're Gucci. Yeah. So well on our way there. Pre-game festivities for Kansas State. Is there an alumni tailgate? Yeah, I think there's some kind of Friday happy hour thing going on. Um, actually, just that was actually a question, but we didn't address it because it was just tailgate plans for K-State. There's some, I think, alumni happy hour going on Friday. Uh, there's a Facebook thing in the questions thread if you look or just DM me and I'll send it to you. And then an alumni tailgate on Saturday for the 7 p.m. Central kickoff. 8 p.m. Eastern on, I think they said FS1 or 2, which I didn't know there was an FS2. And on top of that, we're getting the same announcers that are doing a noon game that have done a bunch of other games. Um, I think they've actually done a decent job doing this remote announcing thing, but it, it's much better when they're at the stadium. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, it's way cheaper to just not fly the guys out there. but Dude, we're talking like, all right, to get... I mean, they already got all the camera guys and stuff. So it's like, what? I'm sure they got like a producer or two, like two staff people that are there with the announcement. I mean, what are we talking? Like five, ten grand? Yeah. Like, come on, know. man. Start a freaking GoFundMe. But maybe they're doing like two, three games a day. Well, these guys are doing two I mean, games. Think of how but many... just get other yeah. announcers. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if the, the product's not bad. I think the majority of the people complaining are just complaining because. They're not. It's not because of the result. It's just because of the fact that we don't have our own announcers and they're not there. But I don't think the. Yeah. I don't know. I, I rewatched most of the Boise game. I thought the announcers were awesome. I didn't realize they weren't there. So I agree. I agreed too. Yeah. I mean, you it, could tell when there's like a green screen behind them and stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. Of course. But they're doing a pretty good job. Um, like the concept sucks, but the product doesn't at this point. Um. It's just kind of insulting, but again, you keep winning, and none of this stuff is an issue. So just win, baby, JLR. Go to First Watch, follow us on Twitter, get your bets in, and um, 
you know, when we talk to you guys next week, we're going to be really happy or eh, we'll be all right, I guess. But uh, I don't know. K-State Moneyline and Duke spread. Go Knights. Charge on. Domain Nation. Domain Nation.